We are live. I think it'd be good for us to talk about uh, a little bit of view of the mission and what our goal is. Our mission statement is Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the freedom of the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That kind of sums up what our mission is with Streetscape. And for years, uh, we've done street outreaches and passed out food packs and sleeping bags and blankets and whole lot of things to try to alleviate, alleviate suffering uh, to individuals. But the last year and a half or so, we've really just seen the massive need to build community. And uh, that's kind of what we want to talk about this morning. As Logic can testify, we live in a ghetto ourselves. Yes, we do. Uh, Poverty is everywhere. Drugs are everywhere. Lack of concern for fellow man are all around us, and it's more the norm where we live than uh, than anything else. And as we're trying to change it, uh, it seems that we constantly find that uh, really the people that are living in this situation, they pretty much, it's not that they don't care, but they don't know anything different. <clears throat> and for those that don't know, we're uh, we live in the Galveston community, Galveston, uh, Texas, and uh, we've been here how long now? Uh, the mission's been here fifteen years, and we've been we've lived on and off down here for since '08. Since '08, yeah. I've been I've been full time back down here for two years. Yeah. Uh, my family's been back down here full time for over a year. Yeah. My wife runs the day to day of the mission, Michelle, and uh. I still work full time. Elijah works and goes to college, and uh, but our heart is to try to change this community. And, and and if we can see a cultural change here, it can be done anywhere. Definitely. So one of the overriding aspects here is poverty. And. I started really teaching on this about four or five months ago, but the fact that poverty is not a situation as much as it is a spiritual sickness. You can be poor and not be impoverished or in poverty. Uh, poverty is a mindset, a spiritual mindset, I believe, that causes people to accept things that normally wouldn't be accepted in their life. One of the things we see here is uh, people just turn a, a blind eye to the crime that goes on in their own neighborhood. Girls are being turned out for prostitution and nobody says anything. Kush or K2 as it's called is cheap and it's an overwhelming massive problem on this island it when somebody starts smoking it it literally it takes their mind away uh, probably an average of one or two people a week die from smoking kush just on Galveston Island and yet it's it's very very prominent uh, and it's cheap and nobody seems to be concerned with with how to get rid of it kind of like a, a spirit of complacency it is. It, 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 it's just a total look the other way, or there's nothing I can do about it. And we've kind of likened it to if you know, if you drive by a chemical plant and you've never smelt it before, or a paper mill, the first time you smell it, man, it's just obnoxious. It'll just take your breath away. And but if you years ago, I worked for Brown and Root, and we worked in paper mills a lot, and. Man, after about three days of being inside of the paper mill, you didn't smell it anymore. And that's kind of what we lack in this condition of this city, uh, is it's nose blind. So one of the things we've started doing is, is we're cleaning up the neighborhood, uh, picking up trash, mowing yards that aren't mowed, 
trying to deal with the issue of just filth, man. It's just everywhere that people seem to be able just to walk past and never notice. That's a small thing, but yet there's a spiritual principle first in the natural, then in the spiritual that I teach on quite a lot. So we're just trying to put some initiative forth to as we walk and pray or as we walk and meet people in the community, we pick up the trash and we encourage others to pick up the trash. Uh, at the mission itself, it's ran down, but it's clean. Uh, we keep it picked up. We keep it mowed. We keep it as clean as we possibly can keep it and encourage the people there that eat there every day to take part. That's another big thing of this is people have to want a difference. They have to see the difference and then they have to want a difference before there can be change. Uh, we've grown, we put raised beds at the mission and it's been really transformative for several of the guys that are in various stages of sobriety living at the mission to see that they can take part in something being planted and that it can grow and that it can produce fruit. And we're really wanting to expand that further into the community to where uh, there are fruit trees growing and where there's more people with raised beds and sharing produce with the com community and getting community involvement and planting and, and something positive. You have to keep in mind we're dealing with several generations that has never known anything but government assistance selling drugs or selling stolen things is their economy. Uh, that doesn't change or take place overnight. And for too long, the answer has been, let's put more money to it. Let's let's throw more government assistance or let's throw things to make us feel better or put someone else in charge that will solve the problem for us instead of confronting it as a community absolutely i just share with them the government housing situation back behind us where the oh old people. yeah you can find it on the houston chronicle it's a uh, um isn't it sandpiper cove now is what it's called um it's a lot of old elderly people and um, people that are living in um, housing, housing and urban development type government housing um, behind our street ministry. And I read the other day, the Houston Chronicle put out a <clears throat> article stating that a lot of these people were living in destitute uh here it is. Hold on. The title of the article is uh, Residents Live with Mold Sewage at Low. Hold on. Let's get it pulled up. Residents Live with Mold and Sewage at Low Income Galveston Housing Complex. Um, basically, these people don't have running water and it's very moldy. And um, these are the people that we serve at the mission that we're trying to help out. But even when they go home to their own housing, which is federal and is funded by the federal government, um, they're still living basically no better off than if they were on the streets. Well, there's a real concept of, uh, I think people generally want to do good. Uh, I'm not of the opinion that, you know, everybody's bad. Uh, I know with the political spectrum today, it seems that if you oppose either one of the mainstream views, either extremely liberal or extreme conservative, that it's hard to have dialogue with people about what's really happening because people get angry. But I really believe that genuinely people are good and they want to do good. But with this issue of lack of community and poverty, it's real easy to drive around these things. It's easy to not have to engage it. Uh, that's why Houston keeps expanding at such a rapid rate. People are moving. When neighborhoods go bad, they're building new neighborhoods away from it. And, and the inner cities are just left like war zones. And, and I'm, 
I'm not kidding you guys, and we would be glad to take you and show you. We can take you through neighborhoods through this whole region that look like a third world country. The conditions are third world. And uh, it, it's just really remarkable that... And if you've ne ever drove on any overpass in Houston, you're just feet above whole homeless encampments where these people just live in tents and panhandle for just enough money to get a burger from McDonald's. And it's it's real prevalent through the whole whole area. And, and then, then we go, okay, then what's the problem? Well, it's not a single problem. It's a multiplicity of problems. And I think the biggest problem that we can say is that we've lost community. Uh, we, we've lost the concept of a true community to where people are a part of something that's bigger than themselves. That, that's what the, the message at the mission is, is that we all need to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. We need to be building something that benefits everybody. Uh, and sadly, today, the modern church has become more and more self-centered and less community-minded and outreach-minded, which, again, is another one of the problems that plays into this. I believe it's the church's responsibility to lead in the area of helping people. Uh, there's no reason for there to be people hungry in our streets today. Uh, people homeless in our streets today. And, and you can come back with the argument that, hey, they're homeless because they want to be homeless. I challenge you to come spend two or three days at the mission and you will find that the vast majority of the people that are homeless, they're either autistic, they have some type of mental condition. Uh, all these conditions that people watch the commercials on TV and go, oh, that's terrible, and yet scope at somebody who's homeless, uh, you really need to engage it because about 90% of the people we deal with have some type of mental And they're issue. not the kind of people that can just pull themselves up by their bootstraps. But they, they can with help. With help. I believe I mean, it's it's not something, and that's kind of like where individualism has took a path for the worst. Is that in the sense we've become more individual, more individualistic than ever, we've kind of lost core community values in the sense in helping each other. It, I mean, we kind we we're more aptitude to uh, alienate and let someone. It's really easy to vote and say you helped out than to actually get your hands dirty. It is, and one of the things that we find really amazing is when people come down and volunteer, a lot of times it's the first time that they've ever actually engaged poverty and, and the results of it. It's the first time they've ever actually engaged conditions that, as bad as they are here. and. One of very common themes is that, man, I never realized that there was this much need out here. Uh, and that, you know, that's okay. That's part of our job. I think one of the biggest missions that God has given us is to be an avenue for people to engage in, in mission and helping and to know what's really going on. Uh, you know, I'm very passionate about abortion i believe it's wrong but i'm also not one of these guys that's going to sit and hold signs that you're a killer or you're a this or you're a that in front of the abortion clinic but what what we will do is we will help a pregnant woman have a place to have her child and to have a chance to have a job we're not ever preaching anything without being responsible enough to say, we'll take this on ourselves." We have multiple people that live at the mission that we've taken in like family. And I think that's a huge problem with the whole abortion debate is, yeah, it's easy for people that are anti-abortion to be anti-abortion. That's a kind of a common sense thing for their point of view. But also in the same sense, I've heard the same people you know, put down adoption and say that they wouldn't raise someone else's kid. 
So I don't, I, I mean, that something there has to change with the idea of, like you said, helping people that are pregnant and don't have anywhere Absolutely. else to go or even adopting. I mean, a lot of people don't are not as open to that as they should be. No, that's true. And it, it, it's the fact that we have to be willing to give of ourselves. If we're going to take a stand on an issue and be loud and vocal about it, then we shouldn't do it unless we're willing to engage the problem that's ourselves. That's my point. And not, not just by voting. Uh, if you haven't realized by now, politicians are not going to do anything but keep themselves in power. And it, if we could get as passionate about changing the communities, changing our world, changing things for the better as we are about a politician, we could see change so fast, it, w it, it would be mind-boggling. Well, that's, yeah, and that's the problem we have is we've built this outrage culture where we get really ramped up about one thing really fast, and then when we just forget about it within two weeks. That's true. Instead of focusing on a long-term solution for problems that really exist, we go and boycott Starbucks for changing their coffee cup or um, boycott Walmart for such and such. Oh, we get so pissed off if somebody says Merry Xmas instead of Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's a big we, one. We, we can cause a, you know, a total internet riot over it. But the things that really matter that are that are totally pressing us and and think about this if we don't engage this poverty mindset at some point you're going to not be able to run from it any longer it's going to be everybody it's going to be everybody it, it, and and hey praise god if you can afford to go buy a house out in the suburbs and get away from it i'm not knocking that i'm saying let's quit running before it comes to where you're moving to and let's engage it Let's engage this problem with solutions. Let's teach people how to be self-sufficient. Let's teach them that there's a better way to live than just waiting for a, the government to send them a little penance of money to where they can barely eke out an existence and, and that they can go and steal and do whatever else to make enough money to actually live. We have to engage this problem. And, and you know what? More jails is not the answer. Longer prison sentences. It's not, not the, answer. the answer. What happens is we have a guy living at the mission that's been out of prison for about three years. I've known him for a couple years. He is just now in the last six or seven months been able to start embracing that we really care about him. And that he's part of our family. And you guys want to talk about racial issues? We live in a black section of town. Okay? At the, at the, at the mission itself, every day you'll find black, white, Hispanic, Asian. Name uh, a minority group. Yeah, every day. We don't have race problems there because one of the things we teach is that God loves us all. And that we should respect one another. I'll give you a miracle. A week ago, a Muslim iman called me on the phone and said, Hey, I've heard you guys do a great work in the community. We're having this massive banquet at our mosque. We want to donate all the food from the mosque to the mission. They brought tray after tray after tray of really, really good, healthy food. And, and we had dialogue the Muslim Iman and I. Now, am I going to say that I believe that all of his beliefs? I do not. But I know, how can I ever minister to this guy if I can't have dialogue with this guy? You know, at the end of the day, he doesn't want war. I don't want war. We both want the best for our wives and our children, and we both want the best for the community that we live in. So why can't we have dialogue as humans rather than all, all of a sudden put up these walls and say, oh, you know, those guys, you know, they want to blow the whole world up. Well, you know what? After meeting and talking to this guy, I'm really sure he doesn't want to blow the whole world up. Not only that, 
what touched me was, is he said, I've heard that you guys do a great work in this community. And if I can help you, I want to help you. So now I'm sure some of you, when you listen to this, are going to go, oh, damn, he's done went Muslim on us. Or he's, but that's not true. It's not true at all. We believe the only way that we can bring the change to this city and our nation that needs to be brought is we're going to have to get to know our neighbors. And we're going to have to challenge each other to do the hard things, man. The, the things that, and I say hard thing, okay? What's a hard thing? It's one thing to look at a situation and go, oh, that's terrible. I, I'm going to put that on my prayer list and, and we'll pray for it. Not saying that prayer is not effective. It's another thing to say, you know what? I'm going to take out of my money that I work every day for hard and I'm going to give my money towards helping find a solution for this. That's where the rubber hits the road. I really believe that we're starting to see massive cooperation from different groups because we're all facing the same problem. For a long time, we fought with the city daily because they thought that we made the homeless problem worse here. Now, the city doesn't bother us much, and actually the police department has started bringing people when they come onto the island homeless down to the mission and introducing them to us, and they tell them, hey, you can get a shower here, you can get fed here, you can get a meal here, you can get opportunities for jobs here. And that doesn't seem like a big thing, but considering we spent five or six years fighting the city just to be here, uh, it's a big thing. Definitely. But this poverty mindset, uh, I believe it's the same everywhere. I don't believe it's anything different about here or the inner city of Houston. But what's happened is, even though we're a giving people as a nation, uh, we've stopped caring about what's really happening in our own community. You know, you can get Doctors Without Borders to go give free medical care all over the world but if a person doesn't have medical insurance here in the united states he can die and people will go well he should have had insurance and, and should have had a better job should have had a better job and i don't have insurance i'm self-employed so uh but the answers to these issues and we're going to talk about a lot of this stuff man on this podcast this is kind of an introduction introduction uh but, but I think that, you know, community and this poverty mindset is something that, that I believe that everybody, if they'll listen and look around them, they'll see that it's the same everywhere. Crime's bad here. One of the reasons crime's bad is because of that spiritual sickness of poverty. People, one... And there's a lot of people here that, that really their attitude's not human anymore. It's more, I'll do whatever I need to do to survive. So I'm going to take that. So how do you combat that? Just give it to them? No, you have to take a stand. Discipline. Discipline. One, you have to say, you know what? You're not at the mission. We have a set of, I don't even like to call them rules, man. But we have a, a set of standards that we do not accept, nothing less than those standards. And they're simple. You're not going to be violent. I can pull them up real quick if you want. Go ahead. Yeah, pull them up and read them. These principles, uh, and I'll show you, I'll tell you, man, some of the people we deal with, since we instituted this, we have people <clears throat> that won't come to the mission just because they don't want to follow these simple uh Rules. Go ahead. Larry. First and foremost, it starts out with um, you're a guest, and then you're on God's property, so act like it. If you see someone needing a hand with something, give them a hand. No alcohol, no drugs, no cursing, no disrespecting anyone around you, and no violence. If you don't like the rules or services here at Streetscape, remember, you came here as a guest, and you're welcome to leave at any time. Thank you for your co cooperation, and God bless. We literally have some people that won't come just because they think that that set of rules is uh, 
enforcing how they put it uh, now they're we're cramming our religion down there oh yeah, yeah 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 that's uh can't think of that word yeah but there's nothing that could be farther from the truth and those aren't necessarily even biblical principles it's kind of like you know we're inviting you in here not we're we're not it's we don't i mean we have an obligation but we don't have an obligation to serve someone that's spitting in our face no but when you tackle these issues again one of the foremost things i want people to think about and pray about and we're going to have some information on here where, where you can get in touch with us because we also want interaction from people that we know we don't have all the answers man you have no idea how much we know we don't have all the answers because at times it gets so frustrating for us that we just wonder why are we even doing this the rest of the normal people in the world don't care why should we care but we want interaction and and, and we want to if you have a question We'll Lodge will give you an email address. Yeah, we, we'll have an email that'll be um, I'm got a Facebook page already that'll be up for this podcast, and uh, we'll have some contact info for the podcast on there. And then um, Streetscape, I will ha- I'll put something down for Streetscape's uh, contact information because while we are deeply involved with Streetscape, this is kind of its own thing. We're starting here, kind of a discussion deals so um but yeah all the contact info will be on on the facebook page and we really want your input we want questions we want hey if you know where somebody's doing something like this and it's working we would love to go visit with them and hey and eventually we're gonna you know have the ability to have people on the podcast you know that are absolutely have done similar things in the different communities we have some people that uh i know in other places that we're going to get on here and interview them that i've dealt with and and we also want to expand man we've got a couple of more cities in mind that we're really praying that god would raise up a group there to start doing what we're doing and we want to help them it's not just about galveston or houston it's about this country mm-hmm. uh and it's about and it's and the other thing is you know is we if any we're open, you know, this is a free open-minded thing. Absolutely. Well, I mean, if, you've, if what you're doing works, we want to know about it, whether I, you disagree with us on principles or not. Absolutely. And we're not, we're not the type of group that's sitting here trying to pick a fight. Uh, you'll find at, at our well, mission. What, what do you say? Um, everybody's going to hell, but us, you know, yeah, we're not mindset. one of those. Everybody's going to hell, but us groups. Uh, and you know, man, we live in a very, very liberal city. Galveston's oh, yeah. extremely liberal. And, you know, we don't have a, we really don't have a battle with the more liberal extremes mm-hmm. of the city. It's uh, the other, it's the other side calling us communists, you know? Yeah, really. <laughs> What's that quote, Lodge? I'll pull it up real quick. It's uh, Dom Helder Kamara. He was a, oh, he was a, a saint. Here it is. Give it a second. Slow Wi-Fi. Ah, here it is. When I give food to the poor, they call me a saint. When I ask why the poor have no food, they call me a communist. Dom Helder Kamara. Yeah, that's kind of the situation we find ourselves in. And it's really become another, you know, branch of our mission statement in the last two years. Because because one of the things that we really challenge a lot of the mindsets of religion as well, a true kingdom of God message challenges everything in everybody, even yourself. Like one of the first principles of, that I teach all the time at the mission is, is you know, you'll never find yourself until you lose yourself. And another thing is, is like when we started this, is I guess it's kind of got something to do with people feeling guilty because they're not doing what we're doing is like when they were telling you when we first started when I was a kid that why do you even bother they're just you know addicts prostitutes you know there's no point they're not going to change yeah why even bother and I guess that has something to do with you know they feel guilty because they're not doing what they're really supposed to be absolutely. doing. absolutely it's really funny that you know there's a the gay community on Galveston is huge and we have a Man, we have a lot of gay people that eat at the mission. 
And here about two months ago, this one lady told me, she said, I'd heard that y'all were homophobic and you were this and you were that. And, and she said, she brought a donation by and she's like, man, I saw nothing here but just love and grace and trying to help. And I'm like, that's what we're about. You know, I'm not going to tell you what you can do in your personal life. Now, if you, I had a gay couple ask me if I would perform their wedding and I told them no. And they said, why not? I said, because, you know, one, look, you want to get real technical? I don't believe the state has a right to legislate that anybody has a buy a permit have, from the state to be married. Uh, so having a license doesn't matter to me. Uh, the second point is, is that, you know, personally, I just can't do that. You know what? But I, uh, they asked me why, and I told them, I said, I don't think it's any worse than any other sexual sin. It's just sin. And, you know, don't ask me to take part in it. But, you know, the other funny thing, they didn't threaten to sue me. They didn't threaten to do anything You put it in a way that, I mean, normally the biggest problem is people putting it in a way that where you're combative, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have gay friends. And, I mean, that's not, I mean, it's no different than having, I mean, having a friend that I disagree with you know, in any other way. I mean, it's just something. Oh, it's true. Well, and that's where we find ourselves a lot of times at odd with, with normal Christianity or churchanity or whatever you want to call it. Because it really seems like we're in a position to where neither side really likes us that much. But I think that's, Man, I think that's with common sense. And it's probably the best place you can find yourself in because if everybody's if you if you have positive results and everybody's mad at you, you're doing the right thing. If everybody's mad at you and you're not having positive results, you're probably doing the wrong thing. Yeah, that's probably. But we do have positive results. So Absolutely. We're doing I feel like we're doing the right thing. Oh, I th- I think so I mean, too. It's pretty obvious. Oh, uh, there's times that we even get at it, it odds, you know, in our inner circle, man, and and uh, Michelle, my wife, has since for a year she's took over the day to day of the mission, and uh, man, the grace that she has with some of these people just mind boggles me. More than I have. More than me too, and I've been <laughs> doing this for years and years and years, and but then all of a sudden, you know, the other day God just showed me. Man, that's community because at a point where I'm at the end of my rope with some of these people, she still got grace. So, you know, it's caused me to shift my attention more on counseling, on the raised beds and raising the food, relationship with guys that are getting off drugs that are living at the mission to where I can one-on-one time with them. And some of these, you know, you guys don't be offended, but we I just call them knuckleheads that we've been dealing with for years and years and years. And, you know, they'll sit and listen to a preaching or a teaching. They'll be hallelujah. And I'll close out by telling them, man, you're all hallelujah now. But five minutes when you walk past Ball Grocery and that 25 or that 40 calls your yeah, name, you're right, there. Back, you're right back to your same thing. But Michelle has just a massive amount of grace and and the work she's done at the mission and all the changes she made it's so positive and uh but it's allowed me and you and to be able to work with people more one-on-one like uh the two guys that we have working for our business now yes that we bring we bring to east texas they sleep in the same houses uh we do i mean i probably don't trust i mean i trust these guys more than most people that i've known for a long period of time oh, and i've only known each of them bruce almost a year and ryan a little less you know and well you know we had a circumstance where i was talking to a brother back home and he asked me he said who who's those guys you had with you uh last weekend when i saw you and i said to the guys that live at the mission he said what are they doing up here i said they come up to help us mow and uh Work on the ranch. And I said, man, you know, we're raising beef for the mission. Uh, We're trying to build this community, man, that is self-sufficient. And uh, he said, that one guy said something about being in prison down in Jasper. I said, oh, yeah, it freaked him out when we drove past that uh, 
prison down there because that's where he did three or four years of his time. And he's like, brother, you got a guy? Where you? Where's this guy sleeping at when he's up here? I said in my house. Yeah, he actually, he sleeps in my bed. I sleep on the couch because he's older than I am. <laughs> he said, brother, you've got a guy that was in prison sleeping on your couch in your house. Have you gone crazy? Have you lost your mind? I said, yeah, he sleeps. No, he sleeps in Elijah's bed, man. Elijah sleeps on the couch. And he said, man, you got a lot of weapons in your house. I was like, yeah, man. Sleep like a baby. And, and he goes, brother, you're not afraid? And I'm like, man, I don't see that there's ever supposed to be any fear in the Lord, man. And I said, and the other thing, how am I going to tell a guy that Jesus will absolutely transform his life, yet I'm afraid to let him sleep in my house? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, what the other day we had that big incident where we got the threats from the guy yes. at the mission. And the same day, I take my longboard and I ride 10 blocks down to my job on my yeah. longboard, pass by where he drinks. I mean, there's no room to be afraid. I mean, how can you be afraid while you're teaching these guys over here? Saying this guy that has heard this message from us that we're not supposed to be afraid and that God's got our back. How am Absolutely. I supposed to, I mean, you can't, I mean, I'd I really, like, I don't care, but I don't, I don't see where you could be afraid and then teach in the same sense, in the same breath, be no. like, God's got my back. It just, I, I mean, I remember when I was in, and I was in elementary school and I went to a, <clears throat> a Pentecostal private school and they would teach us that, you know, you know, your time, when you die, you know, it's your time and that, you know, trust in God and he's got your back. But then we were talking about riding four-wheelers one day, and they said, you're going to break your neck on that four-wheeler. And I was like, well, how does God have my back? And then, uh, you know, it just doesn't, the philosophy there doesn't It doesn't add um, up. We had an incident a couple weeks ago where a guy that's been coming in and out of the mission for years, he's an extremely angry guy. This and, is what uh, we were just talking about? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were doing a street outreach, and he was causing a bunch of problems and trying to fight people, and he got really belligerent with Elijah and I, and all we were trying to do is calm him down. Uh, well, he came back to the mission and tried to eat and was told that until he sits down with me that he cannot come into mission. And uh, so then he goes ballistic down there, and then he crossed the line. He threatened my wife and said that, you know, y'all are going to pay for this, you and your family y'all are going to pay for this so he basically threatened my family uh that's difficult and i'm not afraid of anybody but i had to really fight the burning fire just to go because uh, it's he's easy to find and and, and yeah he, we walk to the grocery store and he's sitting across the street you know i mean but you know god just really said hey i got this and then you know the guy that was in prison that that lives in the mission, uh, I had to talk him down from going and dealing with him. And then another guy that has no family but us, Robert, that is like a gentle giant at the mission that's not afraid of anything. He's our guard dog. Yeah, he he was. Uh, we did. Long story short, we had to do nothing because now all through the streets, everybody that this guy is coming in contact with is telling him, "Man, you were wrong." And those people don't do anything but try to help. How dare you threaten them? He's been totally discredited. Yeah, he's been absolutely totally discredited. And hopefully God's working on his heart. And at some point, you know, uh, there's a change in him. But but that's what we want other people to see, man, is, man, if you're going to engage your community, you're going to get it all, man. I mean, it's it's not a glorious job. And, yeah, there's some people that are violent and some people that are, uh, man, we encounter racism on a daily basis. Uh, but how can any of these things be dealt with if we don't engage them? That That's the big question. This poverty mindset or disease has been alive and well for a long time. We're not going to just find an overnight instant cure to change generation after generation after generation of mindset. It's going to be a long-term 
battle. And the only thing that we need for this battle is the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and solutions, man. Real solutions. Not putting somebody on a prayer list. And not putting it on the ballot. And not putting it on, on the back of a politician that's going to do nothing but learn to love them $250 steaks in Washington mm -hmm. and living like a king. Uh, it's or in Austin. Or in, the people are in Austin. Anywhere, you know. And, and, and that's become a huge... Well, and as, you know, I'm going into law and this, that, you know, I'm really big into politics. But at the end of the day, before we can national fix the problems, we have to fix it here in Galveston. Absolutely. And then once we fix it here in Galveston, we can go and fix it in Houston and then the next big city and then small towns all over Texas. And then eventually Texas is a great place. And then you can start moving around. And eventually that. the whole nation's better. But you can't until you're you're willing to fix your community, be it Joaquin, where we used to live, eight hundred people, be it Carthage, Texas, with four thousand people, be it uh Shreveport with what, a hundred thousand people, be it Galveston or Houston with millions with if you counted all the surrounding areas, like what, ten million people? Probably so. <laughs> until you're willing to fix it in these in your community, you can't argue and fight on Facebook about national problems because you're not you're it sickens me to get on Facebook and see these people I've got the solution I've got the solution I've got the solution while they sit in a recliner and do nothing about Absolutely. anything and that that's something that we're really praying about because I can't get on Facebook. It irritates me too bad. We do have a ministry page, but and that's the that's the pro and that's there's and there lies the conundrum because at the same time I don't like Facebook and I hate to get on there. Our ministry page has done so very well. Our, it does. our Facebook page on the, for the ministry has done very well, and now we have an Instagram page that's doing surprisingly well. I mean, so I mean, there's the there's a balance with the social media culture that it is. You have to work on the social media enables everybody to be disengaged and at the same time completely engaged in the issue while having nothing. No skin in the game. No skin in the game. That's what I was looking for. No skin in the game. I'm a business consultant for a living, and that's one of the terms that we use in business is somebody's always wanting to be a part of something, especially when it comes to a new idea or a new investment. But it's the people that are willing to put the skin in the game are the people that you can work with. Definitely. Because if they don't have any skin in the game, then uh, you can't you can't trust them. But I really do believe that uh, God God's doing something. <coughs> We're involved with a group called Veterans Helping Veterans, which is really ironic because a lot of the views that i hold anti-war but the crazy thing those guys that fought in those wars they understand they don't want they for the most part they think it's ridiculous as well yeah they do and but doors are opening up with a broad spectrum of people and uh man we're really encouraged that that we're on the right path but we definitely we definitely want to keep stating that we don't have all the answers. We're searching for answers, uh, but we're willing to engage and we want to find more people that are willing as well. And Hey, you know what? A great place. I don't care where you're from. We've had guys in the last three weeks come and spend time with us from South Florida, from Denver, Colorado, from uh, another place in Colorado. Uh, where were the group from Houston? What side of Houston were they from? Mm, Friendswood. 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 Really dynamic group of young people came from Friendswood and are wanting to get involved. And uh, before that, uh, 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 where in Louisiana were uh, Morgan and them? Oh yeah, back home. Well, down from uh, uh, Huxley, man, a little bitty church. <laughs> can't find it on. Can't the map. find it on the map. Came down with some volunteers and just did a phenomenal job. We're still using the supplies that they brought us down. They packed us up. Tiny church, too. Yeah, and they were amazed at the level of poverty that they were engaging, even though it's everywhere. Uh, it, again, guys, it's real easy to drive around it. You know, you don't have to look at it if you don't want to, but we're going to get to a point to where you cannot escape it. Mm -hmm. It's happening already in big cities. 
and walking like where we come from deep in the piney woods eventually the pine trees can't hide all of that anymore you know no they can't but i really hope that uh you know with this podcast that we can we can give a a platform not just for ourselves but for other people uh we are going to interview other people we definitely want questions we're probably going to share with you guys some some stories of progress but you know the other thing is is we're going to be real honest about the heartache man uh because i don't want anybody (laughs) thinking they're going to join something and get involved and it's just going to be rainbows and uh cupcakes cupcakes because man we lose people from our community on a very regular basis people that people man that that you get to be you you love them and they're trying to change and every now and then you see some change and then all of a sudden man they're gone we just had a guy not long ago that we've helped and been a part of his life for years and and man curse dead man he's gone uh I could give you a whole list of people that way because it happens very regularly. Uh, I, I'll share stories with you about people coming to the mission trying to find their mom or their aunt. or their. We had one a couple weeks ago. Well, she's dead. And yeah, yeah, and it wasn't even that long ago. Like no. if she was just reached out just yeah. a tiny bit earlier. It was She came and ate there and took a shower and made it to one Bible study. And, and, and with all the encouragement and everything else, uh, yeah, dead. We were able to help her family find the fact that she was. But there's a lot of tragedy that goes with it. But it's the same, man, with anything. Uh, every, everything's not just going to be perfect all the time. And one of the things I hate worse than anything else is this prosperity message, man, that's mm-hmm. being preached uh, at churches all over the country, man. I mean, we need <clears throat> realism. There is a way for us to see these things change. But just, again, throwing out of words out there or putting people on a prayer list or thinking the ballot box is going to be the way you change it, all those have proved extremely ineffective for the last 50 years, and yet here we are, still same problem. Yeah. Then the other thing is, I mean, we the content's going to be really diverse on this podcast. I mean... That I'm in, I'm in my last year of college, so I mean, you're going to hear anything from us talking about philosophy to us talking about history, us talking about the mission. To, I mean, this is these discussions usually happen on the way, you know, me and dad drive a lot, so these discussions we're having here normally happen in the pickup on the way to East Texas or here or there. And this will give us an opportunity to kind of share our thoughts on a lot of things that, you know, normally you only get if uh, you watch the Bible studies on Streetscape or, you know, something like that. But I I really hope that we're able to reach a lot more people this way and kind of open up more about, you know, what it's really like with the mission and what we go through on a day-to-day there. There's a massive need for people to be engaged, man, with the gospel, the true gospel. I tell guys at the mission all the time, man, you're more than likely the only Jesus this person's going to see today. Remember that. We also teach a principle every day and to the point to where a lot of the guys are tired of me saying it, even volunteers. You cannot be a leader unless you can become a servant. Uh, Jesus led by example. And he also didn't hang out with all the comfortable, the religious, the, the people that seemingly had it all together. He hung out with the drunkards, prostitutes, and thieves. And, and the tax collectors and, and the ones that, that all the normal people just thought that they, you know, they were just dogs. But from that, you know, we, we see through historical record the effect that his message had 
on millions mm-hmm. and millions and millions of life. And, and basically what we want to do is rekindle that message. Yeah. And kind of like what, you know, and when we got the inspiration to do this, we really kind of look for a name or and we come up with wilderness voice because, you know, what John said in verse, uh, John one twenty three, where he said, uh, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. You know, speaking what Isaiah previously said and that's kind of what we're supposed to do is to these people is a voice in the wilderness because that's where these people live it's it's, well, it's a wilderness it's a wilderness and you say a lot dad that you know how far are we from hell at the 10 mission? feet 10 feet you 10. walk out those doors it's burning hot yeah 10 foot from hell you can smell the smoke and hear the cries and that's why we put the mission where it's at yep it's <laughs> And the people that, uh, that if you tell them, if you get from Galveston and you tell them where the mission's at, they're like, where, where is it again? Oh no, you're, you're over there. Ooh, you know, because it's a historically terrible spot in town for generations. Well, for generations, it's always, you know, uh, during pre-Civil War, slave auctions were held right across the street from us at the depot. It's had a lot of evil over there. A lot of evil, man. It, it, you know, it was, it's never been a good part of Galveston. It's always been attributed to prostitution and drugs and gambling. And, and Didn't they say that the, not our building or the ne- or the Mexican church next to us? I used to be a... Like a bar? They and, called it yeah, a blood bar. Yeah, someone got shot there or stabbed there every night is what Bruce yeah. was saying. The one of the houses on the mission property was a crack house on the bottom floor and a prostitution house on the top floor when we bought it. Uh, now, now it houses a bunch of God fearing, ornery old men. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we appreciate everybody's time and listening. We will. I'm gonna let Elijah give you some contacts points. We want your, we want your interaction. We want questions. We want ideals uh but again this is about more than being a podcast it's about engaging people to engage their culture man. yes yes and um that's going to be it for today and uh we're not sure how uh frequent we're going to be able to do this maybe once a week maybe you know we're real busy so it might be uh less than that but we're gonna this is definitely gonna be an ongoing thing that we're gonna try to try to keep going So uh, thank you for listening, and uh, that's all for now.